Today we talk about knowledge and the joys of exploration as we chat to Claudia Robin Gunn about her work on Little Wild Music on Benny Asking People Questions. There is a strong history of musicians who become parents and then turn their focus to children's music, which inevitably brings a fresh perspective to the genre. Artists who use what they know about music to entertain, not necessarily what they know about children. Sometimes it works and sometimes it simply doesn't. And sometimes it creates such a unique experience that it takes several listens as an adult to really understand and articulate the complexities that a child will probably often just delight in with little objectivity. Little Wild is one such act. Claudia Robin Gunn's latest album, Little Wild Universe, has taken what she knows about her world, or more importantly, what she doesn't know about her world, and packaged it in a musical journey, honestly, the likes I've kind of never heard. A musical place for children to simply wonder, to simply drift and to simply dream. And thankfully, she joins me here today, all the way from New Zealand, to help this adult brain kind of make sense of it all. Hi, Robin. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Claudia. Sorry. I keep calling you Robin. But yes, thank, hi, Claudia. That's How are you totally doing? totally fine. That's totally fine. Oh, my God. It's so amazing to um, have this chat. And I so appreciate all the amazingly kind words you have to say about our new album because it's been... Um, yeah, it's it's been quite a big odyssey in the creation and it's really, really nice to set it free. Yeah. And yeah, just kind of get get that kind of feedback about what what have, what have we done here? What did we even make? You know, where where did we go? And and are, are we back yet? Well, I think also, I think free is a really beautiful way of of describing your music. Actually, it, it just this album is so free in itself. It just the the sounds and the, and the and the the size of it and the the scope of it. It, it is a very it feels released <laughs> in every sense of the word. Um, yeah. Now, you come from a history, just to get a quick brief history, you come from like a deep house background with substacks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, I've been writing music really for a long time um, and just before my partner and I became parents, um, the year before our son was born, my band subjects um, and I released our debut album at the time, um, and it was, um, you know, a really big project. It was a a couple of producers who I got to know, who worked together, and already had this act together um, that they'd started over in London, and then came home to New Zealand, and I met them through sort of friends of friends, as you do in a small town. Um, and started writing a few songs with them, and um, and I I kind of brought a really different kind of perspective to that 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 world. They they were really kind of working in the the breakbeats, um, yeah, kind of like really kind of beautiful deep house and some some a little bit of hip hop and quite sort of a clash of of genres really. Um, and I was kind of bringing all these folky songs that I would write and we'd kind of put them together. So that was a really interesting musical experience, which, um, you know, we'd really only just kind of begun 
putting that album out and then I sort of suddenly went off and had a baby, which sort of put put the, the brakes on being able to go touring, unfortunately, even though I thought it would be fine and would carry on and just like like nothing had changed. Yeah, um, no, it but doesn't. it definitely made it harder, you know, that was my naivety as a 20-something-year-old well, going, yes, we that can do everything. Yeah, you know? I, I guess you also just, f- just take for granted the idea that you just can't be out every night performing. There's just a different type yeah. of reality now that you have a child to look at. I mean, you know, it's just a just yeah. a different world. There's a band, there's a band, there's a band, there's a band in space Playing up above our heads In the ultimate practice space Like a flock of seagulls calling Orbiting around us high Everybody listen and Talking about you, you were just saying that you brought that folk influence into Substacks. Is that kind of what you said before? Yeah, yeah. So, so what what are your influences? Because when I first started listening to, and I just really concentrated on your vocals and and your performances, yeah. and, and there's and there's this real beautiful, strong, strong female tradition of folk storytellers in your delivery like there's you know there's generations there's right back to Judy Collins and Joan Baez and Joni Mitchell and then all of a sudden there's Enya and Lana Del Rey and I I could just keep finding and there's just this real I don't know if tradition's a fair word but there's a real um there's a real lineage I think in 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 the way you present your your music well I think it's definitely fair to say that those um yeah those those songwriters that I've been, I guess, immersed in and listened to and, and sort of had on repeat um, as a young person and even now, would I'd say definitely, yeah, I'm part of that spectrum um, because, you know, for instance, probably one of the first albums I knew off the heart was Tracy Chapman's um, yeah. one that she had, You Got a Fast Car on. Yep. Um, so, you know, songs like that um, as a young person definitely get imprinted on you and even though you don't necessarily come out later and write that song, all of that yeah, kind there. of feeds in. It feeds in like the harmonies or the, the syncopation or the, the perspective or the delivery, all of those things definitely kind of um, colour how you how you sort of go, this is what a song is. Yeah, totally. And I, I think for, for, for a listener listening to you, I think really in your delivery, um, which we'll get to later in, in just the actual mm. recording process, but there's a real it's, – it's a – Desperately intimate delivery, and I hear in your voice a strength that's kind of waiting to erupt. But I almost feel you work quite hard to keep it very personal and close mm, to the microphone. Yeah, I don't that's know. Interesting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, definitely. Um, so if I just jump into recording, uh, I was working with Tom Fox, who's a really great producer here mm. at a studio called The Sound Room. Um, and so I've worked with him on this album, um, on all the tracks, um, apart from on the CD version, I've got a little bonus track that I just recorded totally by myself. Um, that's a little bit more stripped back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we really kind of did that very sort of close up to the mic, Mm. very sort of right, sort of right with you in the room, as opposed to standing back and belting, um, you know, in a live context, I can definitely, you know, let it rip. Yeah. But um, a lot of the time, 
I just find probably more that I don't want to miss, you know, I don't want to sort of like blast a listener, and especially when I'm thinking about who's listening and when they pick up this music, we're not in a gigantic theatre. We're probably in someone's car or in a, in a room, and I feel like it's more like I'm sort of sitting in there singing yeah. with them. Yeah, right. If I'm not, if I'm not sort of projecting out to the to the back rafters. I mean, there's definitely music that works amazingly, that is belted out and that is like, hey, everybody, let's sing out loud and let's all sing along, you know. So that's not to say that there's so much a space for that. Mm. Um, but this record particularly, yeah, it was really dreamy and really ideas-focused. Yeah, and you can uh, – yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you said that because that all of a sudden makes the um, next page and a half of questions hugely relevant. <laughs> Otherwise, I really might have to hang up and, and re- rethink my um, oh, my approach. Gazing at the skyline Bundled up in blankets Waiting So let's start with the album. Let's talk about um, Universe. I want to start with the body or the message, if there is one, through the whole thing. Because <clears throat> listening to it on the outside, it's uh, it's about space, but that's obviously such a, a pretty simplistic way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. This whole body of it seems to be about – felt like it's a real sense of wanting in the album. It's like a thirst mm-hmm. for knowing. It's about celebrating – I felt it was about celebrating not knowing – the answers and kind of yeah. the mystery or and the, of the process of discovery, you know, is that is that kind of was that? Was I think that's so amazing that you take that out of it because um, I, I I wouldn't say that I went into it with that uh, that wasn't the umbrella, but mm. I definitely went into this going I I keep discovering things that are amazing, like my kids will come home with these questions or their teachers set them an assignment and I come across these little snippets of knowledge. And every one of them opens up this seem like these like never ending corridor of questions. Mm. And I found that process of discovery so fascinating myself as a parent that it really made me think like what if you yeah, took took all of these songs and instead of going, This is not a teaching album, this is not to teach you everything that yeah. you need to know about every one of these topics. Yep. What if this is a let's ask some questions and see what happens and, you know, then open the door for people who maybe do have the answers, like mm. incredible scientists around the world, teachers and parents, um, even kids who are wondering um, will often come back with better questions or better answers than you could ever possibly imagine when you mm. ask them a really big question. But if you just tell them, they'll go, oh, yes, wait, so that's the answer, full stop, close the door, move on. Whereas well, if you ask the question, it's like, well, hey, your imagination matters and, you know, let's, uh, where does science start from? Science starts from making a, a theory and then trying to test it and see if it's true and see if the evidence stacks up. And I find that whole side of like art meets science super fascinating. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that really beautiful line you have when you say, "I'm an, a, an ambassador for I'm an ambassador for my country and family and science and art and all of humanity." Like it's such a mm-hmm. it's such a simple line that just goes. Everyone come in for the hug. Let's go into space. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that thing about, you know, the difference between a knowledge because, because you know, I think one particular version for me, the, the song um, My Name is Juno, Hello Jupiter, 
this mm. this idea of this song, what really struck me about it is is it's just somebody passing by and commenting on what they observe <laughs> rather than, hey, we're at Jupiter and this is what Jupiter is. It's somebody just standing on the outside going, you're phenomenal and I just is what I think of you. And, and it really summed up the album for me because it, it was about this idea of observing and just being part of the wonder of it. And it goes back to this idea that you just mentioned between the difference between knowledge and facts. Facts are finite, mm. you know a fact and you move on, but knowledge is is infinite it's a it's a thirst and I kind of hear in this album that it's not an album about space it's an album about wonder and it could have been about deserts it could have been about oceans it could have been about anything really because it's it's a why I mean the the song um the song explorers I, I find really fascinating because when I wrote that I was you know, kind of sketching it out, not quite knowing where I was going to end up. Mm. And what I find fascinating about that song is I uh, recently, after the album was finished, read about the most amazing uh, explorer who I've sort of, one of them, one of them that I've sort of read about who is a real person in this world who apparently just spoke uh, with with people at your um, Australian National Science Week recently. Oh, okay, great. Her um, name's um, Dr. Cathy Sullivan, and she is someone who has been in space as an astronaut um, mm. and also being down at the very depths of where you can possibly go in the sea. Wow. In this place called Challenger Deep and, and, you know, this incredible submarine. Um, so she's someone who's really got some thirst under her belt. Literally, you're sort of high, as high as you can go and as, as low as you can go. Mm. And really, that whole song, Explorers, is about, you know, about people like her, but also the process of... Um, of everyone who sort of dares to kind of push the boundaries and the envelope of what's possible in this world and beyond. Yeah, and I, but I think yes, and I, and I what I heard in the album though is is about those people, but also how powerful their their desire to just wonder is. Yes. Like again, it goes back to yeah. this idea that you 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 quite consciously are not telling children this is the answer. It's about going. It is really empowering to not know mm, yeah and then, I mean yeah and is that I mean that's obviously something you've you put a lot of I mean did you put a lot of thought into that overall message or did you find yourself halfway through it going oh actually there's quite a large theme happening here I, I think I'm just I think I was just really influenced by what I was reading and mm. um the, the people and the 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 books and everything that I discovered was really kind of came at home to me um, hey, you don't know it all yet. You know, you might have read like 12 books on the subject, but there are, mm. you know, they're, they're, the book hasn't been finished being written yet, you know, so actually you can't, you're almost, and almost even with this album, I was almost like, oh, I can't put it out yet because I've got another song. There's something else fascinating happening right now yeah. in space or in the universe that I need to write about. These yeah. new discoveries that I can't put it on the album because it's not going to make the cutoff day. <laughs> and so I, I had to resign myself to know it's just going to have to be a volume two because <laughs> I kept writing new songs yeah. and like, no, put it down the line that, that can come later. If I zoom in a plane by the clouds far away Am I closer to space? If I zoom in a rocket to the space station's orbit, I will tell everyone. 
also a little bit of a flip in there as well. Where you, it like because the language you use obviously is very literal. There's a lot of words: biosphere, dwarf planet, and things like that. Lunar oceans, yeah. which I think also give it a really nice grounding as well. I mean, it kind of just you know I think you've touched on it before. Was this kind of an idea of going okay? It, it's it's great to wonder, but then we also need to create conversation because obviously yeah. there was a lot of terms in there that a four or five year old might not really know what they mean. I mean, was the idea to no. then go okay? Well, we're giving you a little bit of it's a bit of a stepping stone to actually start inquiring and asking things? Definitely, yeah. And all of those things are absolutely, um, you know, where, where the songs do sort of delve deep, um, the idea definitely is to kind of pose a question or, or paint a picture that is really fascinating and really kind of makes kids and teachers interested and engaged to kind of go, hey, so let's find out about this. Like, what, what actually, what life could there be on these oceans of, of the solar system? Is, mm-hmm. is that actually the case? And what are we doing about it? And then, you know, they can actually, like, pick that up as a little idea and discover, well, what does that mean? What is Europa? What is Ganymede? And, you know, that sort of opens the door to all kinds of learning experiences that are, that can be sort of a, it could be creative writing, it could be science class, it could mm-hmm. be music class, but it can cross all of those boxes and the song is, is, is kind of just the entertainment that's just the, the little opening door to take you somewhere else. Yeah. And have you seen that response in classes or children? Like, I mean, have you, have you found yourself pretty, witnessing it? It's pretty early. Right now it's early days. That's very much like my intention. And, you know, ideally if this year wasn't 2020 and everything yeah, that has happened course. this year happened, I would have been, um, taking this around to schools mm. um, in person and um, kind of workshopping it with kids, which was the sort of the plan. The plan, yeah, um, of course. But that's totally fine because I think um, there is no sort of cutoff date and there's no timeline that says that's the end of this album, you know. Um, like like everyone who puts out music for kids goes, there's always kids coming through mm. sort of the different years of, of primers or intermediate school. And so these songs, I feel like this is a resource and a little kind of piece of uh, one take on this sort of art and science that can sort of be available whenever teachers and parents are ready for it. Yeah, it's also incredibly timeless. I think just the music itself is very – it goes back to that idea that I heard, you know, I could really hear that sort of lineage of folk sort of storytelling in it. Like there there was no – there's no here and now for that for this album. It really just can come out whenever, and it's always going to have relevance and power. You know, it's just kind of got that sound mm. about it. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I oh, know you will. Thank you. I just, you know, it's it's it was such a treat listening to it. Um, I forgot there was other music I had to back up and listen to as well. I just kind of got <laughs> lost great. in it. That's so cool. I love it. I Can did. I tell you that? At- the funny thing is that song I was telling you about Explorers, that originally was nine and a half minute lo- minutes long and we did wind it back. And even though I know it's still really long, so traditionally a kid's song, you know, you'd never let it wind on for five, six or seven minutes and I think we kept it just after six. I can't remember now. Yeah, but, um, you know, look, I did, I did put that as the last song on the album though, so I was like, right, if they get this far, they really like it. But that's okay. It's like, you know, we're, we're at that, uh, we're, the, we're in that technology world now, you just pause it and come back for another two minutes a bit later on and then just yeah, pause it and come true. back a week later for the for the last two minutes. There's one little yeah. bit. This this isn't so much a question, but just one bit that really touched me in the album. If just going back to that idea of exploring and all that kind of thing, and and the wonder of it. In lunar oceans, you end with the naming of the moons, 
And then mm. you just have this really beautiful line that just says, who knows, mm. at the end. And I and what really, what I really loved about it was this, this idea that you were also just sort of going, and you know what, this is just the knowledge I've got. It doesn't mean mm. my knowledge is right. You know, yeah. I could and, actually and still be wrong. Do you know what I, yeah, but also what I find so fascinating is they just got uh, a, a spacecraft called NASA Dawn just went, uh, I think it was, it's, it's doing something in the asteroid belt. So forgive me if I get this wrong. Like science people who hear me talk will be like, you've I, got your facts yeah, wrong. I, there's um, not a, I'm pretty just, confident there's not a lot of rocket scientists that listen to this podcast. That. But if there are any, I'll just be thrilled that there is one. So we'll see there, how we well, go. Look, I, 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 I'll, I'll definitely try and share it with some that I've come from. Um, <laughs> I, I promise. So that'll be a first for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, the cool thing was I, I just read that they detected – they think they've detected an underground ocean on the series, which is a dwarf planet in yeah. the asteroid belt. So, yeah, it's like it's not only the moons. You know, there's definitely mm. this massive sort of push to find out about the ocean That's, world. That, and, again, it goes back to the idea between facts and knowledge. A fact, yeah. a fact is done. It's set in stone. Knowledge is just it's, – it's movable. It's fluid, you know. It can change as you learn more. personally obsessed with space or has this come about from having to write this album totally um okay i i i'd say i wasn't up until a couple of years ago i was as a child and i really really was fascinated with uh the, the solar system and had sort of vague ideas when i was into maths and learning things at school that i wanted to be an astronaut um but i pretty quickly moved into music and performing arts as my kind of preferred sort of medium um and so now i feel like it's this really cool full circle thing to come back and just kind of like open chapters and learn new stuff now through you know what i came across with what my kids would bring home and going oh, i've got to help you with this homework my god i've got nothing i've got no idea about this so i did read some books myself so i can be useful and then of course i've sort of picked it up to the extent that i i've been buying all the books and they're like, Mum, really? Is that really? And they'll come out with weird facts at the dinner table and everyone's like, okay, that's great. That's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm probably yeah, the most most obsessed one in my little orbit. <laughs> I think, um, no, it's like, I, I know what you mean. In, in Australia, I think Australians have uh, quite a deep obsessive relationship with Australian animals from the age of about three to six. And no. then again, from no. about 35 to 40, when you're forced to learn about it again with your children as they go through school. So, you know, there's this 20 year period where you can barely even remember how a wombat lives. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything there is to know about a wombat because, you know, you Got to, it's news. Oh, that's so cool. I want to just talk about the lyrics again because I, I kind of got the sense. And it goes back to this folk idea. You, I don't, the lyrics, mm. I, I found the lyrics really 
difficult in a wonderful way to pigeonhole. It just felt like such a conversational piece, like you were more just mm. kind of going, oh, and this happens and did you know this happens and, oh, we can do this and what about doing this and as opposed to, you know, I used the word sun. Now I need to use the word bun, you know. It was kind of more just yeah. – it was really conversational. Yeah, yeah. Is that how you write or is that how you wrote for this? Um, I'd say I probably do write like that a lot. Like I'm quite preform. I, I try to stick to sort of traditional structures so that the songs can hang together. But a lot of the time I am sort of pushed into storytelling if mm. I feel like there's a lot to say. And, you know, some of the songs definitely have uh, – like Hello, um, My Name is Juno, Hello Jupiter, that was written as a little kind of from the perspective of the spacecraft. So. Yep. The, the singer is the spacecraft, mm. basically. Um, and so that really, a lot of the time that the words lead from where I've sort of placed myself in the story, mm. if that makes any sense yeah, at all. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And and I think, yeah. it, and, and it does, the, the words, your lyrics marry so successfully with the idea of the music as well, just this idea of, you know, I keep coming back to the word of wonder and knowledge because that's what it is. It's just so strong to me. But there's this really beautiful line in Curiouser, um, which is such mm. an incredible song, but you say you talk about women, not women, and you talk about yes. to be the first women. And, and it just was yeah. – and again, it just hit me about this whole album is it's, it's like the word women, it's collaborative, it's collective, it's together um, – it's not an individual pursuit. It's us as mm -hmm. humanity trying to do it. And then ending it with this, it just kind of broke my heart when you ended it with this idea of, you know, we might be the first life on Mars or maybe we'll find something else. Just yes. this, just this, like it's not about competition. It's not actually about who's there first. It's just about knowing more stuff about the things that are around us. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's so true. The, the, the women idea um, was mainly because, um, not that I expect at any stage when they do send people to Mars that it'll only be a spacecraft full of women, <laughs> although wouldn't that be amazing? Um, I, I sort of did that in a sort of a subtle way, just thinking, well, what if, um, what if humanity was kind of bareheaded or, or represented in this sort of force of exploration from a women's perspective? Mm. So what would what would we find important if we were setting up a new civilization? We'd, we'd, be, we'd be caring like everyone needs to in terms of survival, but also we'd be singing probably, that's yeah. really being poetic probably. Um, but, you know, we'd also be, um, you know, setting up the gardens and all of the things that you sort of think about what makes civilization. Yeah. I was thinking what, what would be really interesting if you imagined this kind of future time when people – made made a you know made mm. made life on mars but what if it wasn't only about um it was enabled by technology but it wasn't that wasn't all it was all about it yeah. wasn't about like big machines it was yeah. 
what can we do with the technology that we've got? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it was really beautiful and, and sort of got me in the same sense that, um, you know, uh, the lunar oceans where you said, you know, I could be wrong. It's just this tiny little moment you threw out that made the rest of the song go, oh, hang on a minute, that now has a whole different <laughs> type of meaning to it. Um, yeah, yeah. Your, your Milky Way song, you use or you use terms, um, the place where the dog ran, the great fence, dark woven basket of stars. Are these, are these descriptions you've come up with or are they things? you've heard because they're very beautiful the, the whole string of them yes. all of that was um i first started writing that song because i'd been reading about the names that people and peoples and first peoples around the world gave to the milky way and the constellations that they recognized and followed in the sky and so actually i i had this big file of notes where i had discovered and kind of read up all kinds of essays and, and researchers from a, a lot of places, including Australia, uh, New Zealand, mm. South America, um, some Inuit um, peoples, some um, places in America, uh, the North America, places in the far north of um, Europe. Um, and these names were, that they'd give for either the Milky Way itself or the constellations that they recognise, yeah, those are the ones that I'm referring to. So they're my uh, my lyrics in the sense that I've sort of made them fit into the song, but they are absolutely trying to sort of honour yeah, right. these, these places are in the world and the fact that the Milky Way, you know, obviously that's a bit tongue-in-cheek how I introduce it because that's the sort of the name that we have overall because that's the sort of the English name but in actual fact when you look at it differently um, it's not just a big splash of milk it's um, it mm. could be all these incredible other things <laughs> I think do you know who, who was it that said the, the great big fence do you know do you remember where that came from yeah well that was I think that might be Irish that's amazing it's so great you know, the great I know, fence I could, I could, <laughs> yeah I could take a pause actually I'm sure I've still got it in my notes file um I know that uh, some of them are really, really fascinating that uh, is quite sort of a common across the world is that it's not only the stars themselves that are recognized as these constellations. There's also dark constellations because that's the ones where you can actually see the shapes of animals, but it's like sort of the dark clouds of gas yeah, in between right. the stars yeah, that it's been yeah. making Here in New Zealand, there's one that looks like a kiwi that's sort of famous. Um, I know there's there's the emu in Australia. Place where the dog ran, the sky tree, the night flowers, the path to the bird's home, the silvery river, the axis, the backbone, the shadowy path, the great fence. The dark woven basket of stars. You choose to finish the album with Dark Skies. Mm. Um, a song which beautifully finishes the whole journey back on Earth and puts it yeah. back in the realism of sitting around a campfire more or less. Mm. Um, how much 
how much effort went into that song because it's a very it's presented very differently as well. It's a very simple, yeah. more stripped back song. Um, yeah, that was a that that was one that I just I really wanted to include, and in the end, I had an opportunity to go use the studio, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to put this on, and it's like a bonus track. Um, so that's very simple. It's just me, mm. and um, it's just me and some. Um, ukulele and just like I am sitting around a campfire really Um, because you know I guess that's where a lot of the time that's where these songs come from so when I start writing it's just me and my voice it's me and a a little instrument and then a lot of the time you know I, I do usually sort of pick them up and then I'll build it and put it into a program and then we start sort of getting the imagination going and adding all the the sounds that sort of make it uh, take it into different spaces. Um, but, you know, that song is meant to be quite intimate and direct because the whole dark sky movement, which is really picking up pace around the world, is kind of interconnected, I think, with the experience of being able to see the stars. Mm. Um, you know, that's where it all begins. You know, when you're little, I think um, I have a song on my last album, Little Wild Lullabies, called Everywhere Stars. And it was the words of literally what my daughter said when she was small and we came home late one night from somewhere. Normally she wouldn't even be out at that time. And she'd been asleep in the car and picked her up and she just looked around and literally looked at the sky and was like, big stars, little stars, everywhere stars. And that's like a three-year-old sort of take on, Mm. oh, how amazing is this? I can't Mm. even count them all. And, you know, but we live on the edge of the city uh, we don't have like perfect dark skies where I live in this in this little suburb, but it's we're on the edge of things, so we do get to see a pretty good little take on the sky when it's clear. And then I think if you live somewhere where there's street lights and there's too much air glow, um, too much um, you know, mm. yes, where I live, too many stadiums and stuff, you don't yeah. you don't see anything. You've got to go miles away to actually even see the stars properly, right? No, absolutely. So that, that song, yeah, that's why I wrote that song because I I I believe in that kind of that movement hugely and I wanted there to be something that sort of acknowledges how many people are kind of um, wanting to sort of raise awareness of it. Yeah. Yeah, I also think just the idea, I mean, it's just such a more intimate representation of everything else on the album that I think it's, there's Mm. something really quite sweet about um, being tiny in the enormity of it all. It's quite pers- yeah. It's like, it's, it's like coming yeah. back to earth. It's like coming back yeah. to earth after you've had a big perspective, right? Mm. Yeah, precisely. And yeah. also the idea of like you're saying, you know, it's, it started with just you and a ukulele. I mean, it's also just sitting outside and staring at the stars is where all our knowledge of stars came from. It came from somebody yeah. sitting on the ground looking up and going, "Why does that one seem to have moved from over there?" You know, like it's kind of, it's where mm. it began. It all began there. Yeah. Let's talk about the recording then. I get the sense with you, you have uh, a core group of people that are really on the same journey as you and you're all invested in the same thing and you all, I don't think huddle is a fair word, but I kind of get the sense Mm. you've got a pretty core bunch of people around you that get involved in the studio because, again, 
even though the sounds are large, it feels quite intimate, you know. It still feels like it's a group of people on the same journey. Is that right or is there a hundred of you that just come in in five-minute increments and put your put their butts uh, down I, and run honestly, off? Honestly, I, I wish. I wish I had a hundred people. That, that would be my dream. I would be like directing a, a choir and an orchestra, like, bring it on. But no, <laughs> sadly, it's just me. Literally just me, me multiplied lots and lots of times. Really? Singing, do you play are doing are you, the harmonies? Are you, are you definitely do the harmonies, but are you doing all the instruments? What, who's, what's going on? No, 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 no. So, again, who I mentioned before, Tom. Yep. Tom Fox is really wonderful. And so he he has played everywhere where there is, um, like, acoustic guitar in there and everything. Tom's played all that. I um, So the way I worked with this album is I began production with demos, just an ukulele, and then I took it into GarageBand mm. and kind of started blocking out the arrangements and put in sort of rough approximations of strings or yep. different beats and keys and stuff like that. Um, so I'd kind of, it was like a sketch, I'd call it, yep. and then basically transfer that whole file over to Tom. Yep. And then Tom would take that and kind of change out sounds, put in bass line, put in his beautiful guitar, put in extra beautiful sweetness, strip stuff out where it was like, you know, I'd thrown every idea there was at the blackboard and we really needed to make some space. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a very sort of untechnical way of describing how we've worked together. But, um, yeah, it's been – it's literally just me and him. Yeah, great. Well, I, On I, this whole record. Yeah, I think if you feel that though, you know, it goes back to the whole album. It's, it's, it's something very collaborative mm. and I don't think – I think it's a collaboration that you get from an intimacy, you know. I don't, I don't think that kind of sound comes from a lot of people coming in and out of the, the one room. Um, no, it's quite, no not, not the same as a big jam session. Yeah, it's, it's quite a brave album musically. I think Earth Sweet Earth, is that three, four? Is it's kind of <laughs> yeah, it might, it might even be it might even be twelve eight. Yes, I think it was. I think yes, keep, good. I'm glad because I'm I just. Think I it might be. I keep come. I keep setting. I'm working on a new album right now, and I keep discovering that I've got this little rhythm, and it's like a shuffle or something that I'll sort of. It must be a way that I play the guitar, and so I'll take it in, and I keep like mucking around with the timing, trying to work out what what time is this. I've got no idea. It's just how I play it. So that's sort of an instinct. And then I have to translate. What am I doing here? But it's but it's got, the whole album's quite brave. I mean, for a kids' album, you know, it is. It, it, you know, it's really. You know, it goes back to the idea of your lyrics. They're not. They're not very traditional. I mean, if you okay, so let's look at the your career thus far doing this music for children. I mean, if you start with lullabies mm. four years ago. Um, now, Lullabies to me is a far more children's album. It's it's still your stamp on that, but you've got songs like Wrap Me Up a Lullaby Time and, you know, it, it yeah. does find itself in the more traditional world of children's songs, albeit from a folk perspective, it's in that world. Yeah. And then four years later we have the Christmas album or three years later you have the Christmas stuff come out yeah. last year and then now we have this one. And there has been this real progression in your music, I think, in terms of what you feel mm -hmm. confident to lay behind your, you know, your lyrics are quicker. There, there's more in your lyrics. There's more complexity in the arrangements and things like that. Um, is 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 this is this just a natural progression of your? Is it watching your children getting older and understanding how they can take on more? I mean, what what changed in the last three years? Is it just yeah. a desire to grow? 
Yeah, so I would definitely say, I'd say that this album particularly is, you know, it's very much like a concept album, which is a bit old school, but it, it really is. Mm. And so I think I let the development of this album guide me um, to kind of let it be its own little kind of bubble world, you know. Uh, it didn't have to sort of let play by the rules of every song or every every gig that I normally do. And what I found was, yes, you're right in terms of um, older kids. I wanted it to be appealing to older children. There are some songs in there that I think will work really well for little kids, but there's definitely stuff in there that is, um, you know, deliberately a bit more complex or interesting or it has more mm. shades of grey so that there is something there that's rewarding for older listeners um, because my kids are getting bigger, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it took me, I'm ashamed to say it was just life, but it took me such a long time to get my album, my lullaby album together that, you know, I started writing it when they were babies, mm. um, put it out three years ago, but, you know, my kids are now like 14 and 10. Oh, right, okay. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's been a really long journey mm. in terms of writing for me and, you know, just because of everything else that you have to do as a parent. Yeah, of and, you know, I, I had a full-time job for many years doing other stuff, so everything was just sort of slotted in around, um, you know, all, all, the, all the other expectations of life. Yeah. Um, so this album is, it really does sort of play by its own rules. And I feel like some of the tracks, I've definitely kind of circled back and kind of let myself play back into that, like kind of a little bit of electro space. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some people doing some music like that for kids or in the kids' music world, but there's not a huge amount of it. And I think, um, I think there's room, room for more more. on that spectrum. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm really excited about kind of just like painting like, with a different colour scheme in a way, you know? Yeah, totally. And I actually think you hear that lyrically. I think I think that's the big thing that stands out. I mean, you're right from the the production perspective. I think there's definitely that's definitely more evident in this album than it is in lullabies. But I do think lyrically mm. as well, like going back to that electro thing you're talking about, I mean, I think just the way you present the lyrics are very different as well. I think it is less... Like, yes, things rhyme, but it's not a 4-4 poem-y type thing that was evident in lullabies. This is – this album is definitely more responsive to the mood, which I guess is what's probably more prevalent Mm. in that electro thing. Do you know what I mean? You're kind of more responding to the overall feel rather than, okay, there's a structure I need to adhere to. Yeah, yeah. So you did, it took you a long time to make the first one. It took you three years to get to the next one. But then you do a Christmas album and then six months later you've got this new album. Yes. What's, what happened? Is this, is this just lockdown? The kids are older so you, you have more time up your sleeve? Were you less poor, uh, time poor then? You know, wh- why? Uh, I've been working like, uh, you know, I've been really, really, really peddling fast. <laughs> um, well, I got some really great support here in New Zealand. We're very lucky to have, um, it's not the equivalent of the ABC, but we have got a, a broadcasting um, funding body called NZ On Air. And I was really lucky for the first time last year to get a grant from them 
to get some support for this yeah, universe great. album. So that's like a really big game changer for me. Yeah. And I have to sort of t- take, you know, send all of the bouquets their way to kind of take a punt on this, mm. I guess. Mm. Um, because, you know, I felt strongly that as a content idea and on this theme, there was space to present something new for kids. It's not just kids in New Zealand, but particularly in our context. Yeah. What is, what's going on? in terms of education or entertainment in this realm. And there's not a lot. And what's interesting is that we actually have got, um, there's things happening in New Zealand in space that not many kids might know about. Like we've got a company called Rocket Lab that's doing launches and sending payloads and satellites yeah, in space. Right. Yeah. So that's new. You know, Australia's mm. had this capability for a long time, but for New Zealand kids, yeah. they're... Oh, we're only just sort of opening the door to these conversations or this discovery. So this album, yeah, definitely it had a timeline on it because I had some funding and I had some support so I could get a bit yeah, more help. So I've got some great yeah. people. Yeah, and I've got some help from some really great friends making videos for it. And, yeah, the um, videos are amazing. So they're really great. Cool. They're, they're excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it a hard sell when you were trying to explain the album to people? Because I guess the other thing too, like you're saying, you go back to this idea of education and you're sort of, you're not selling the facts, you're selling education. Do you know what I mean? Like the album's actually mm-hmm. about education, like it's about, I don't know, it's not, you're not talking about space. I mean, I don't feel, I don't feel the album's mm. talking about space. The album to me feels about is talking about engaging in education, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I don't. Um, it was, you know, I think in terms of presenting it to the wider public, I'm very much early in the journey. You know, it's um, it's it's only just come out in late June. Mm. Um, most, uh, there's much bigger sort of pressing issues in the world that are yeah. getting most of the airtime. Yep. So I feel like I'm really early on in terms <laughs> of being able to even kind of... Yeah. Um, get people on board but but, but for that reason um, I am still excited about it because I know there's a lot of the ways that I feel like people can pick this up and kind of embrace it whether it's just as music purely just for the the entertainment value or because they've got kids who are really 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 into rockets or Mm. really like doing crafts with you know Mm. bottle rockets or um, there's I feel like there's heaps of different doors that could open where this album can sort of have resonancy yeah. and it doesn't have to check all the boxes. It doesn't have to be everything no. to everyone. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, um, I think music really does have a power to sort of captivate and engage and get attention, which that's what you need first in any educational setting. You've got to have, the kids have got to listen. So yeah. what do you do? Like, Great, some great teachers who aren't musicians will play music at the start of a lesson just to get everyone to pay attention, and then they get into the the learning. Yeah, you know? totally. And I think, and I think you've just um, sort of nailed it with the idea of engagement because I think that's the thing about this album is it's an album to engage with. And I think the risk you could have with the album if you were using it as a as a you know pedagogical tool or to use it as a teaching mm. tool is the idea that you need to somehow construct learning around it. Like mm. it is, it's a, such an album to just be engaged with, and that engagement can come mm. from, like you're saying, listening or just responding through drawing or or reading or having it on while you're going through encyclopedic, 
information about yeah. space. You know, it's yeah. it's it, it's it's how you engage in that music. I think is where its strength's going to be. Um, mm. But you know, I, look, I mean, I'm I'm really careful because I'm not a teacher. I would never go into something like this mm. and make any kind of proclamations that this. I'll do it for you. I'm a teacher. No, don't, oh, well, I'll do it. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just let me know. Well, give me their numbers. <laughs> give me their um, numbers. I'll give them a call and I'll and I'll, I'll write out the list of you know how to how to do it. So there you go. I can do that. No, I'm allowed. But, yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, but that's. I think that's the thing. Is like there are, there are kids musicians who are also teachers, which is a great strength. Um, and that I'm sure that colours their songwriting because they have this understanding. And I definitely look at it and I go, I'm a writer. Mm. I'm a mother. Mm. I write from what I know. I definitely don't sort of try to sort of step into other realms if I don't feel confident. But at the same time, I'm also really careful to, for instance, um, I, I've checked in with people who are actually um, astrophysicists. And, um, yeah, you're respectful of it. I have. I will have sort of respected the knowledge or the mm. realm that I'm working in and tried to go, well, even though I'm poetic with a lot of this stuff, so it's not literal and um, – I've tried to make sure I don't get anything totally factually wrong. Yeah, sure, that sure. Someone would go, "Oh, you can't teach kids that because you know, like that's not true." Um, what's for you? This will be the last question. What um, sure. what for you has been the most enjoyable transition from Substacks to Little Wild? What have What have you looking back? What do you, What do you find is is probably the the most fulfilling? Going from playing, I'm guessing. 2am in clubs to all of a sudden, you know, playing at 2pm in um, RSLs. What's, what has been Absolutely. The... Um, well, I think the main thing really has just been that it's just where my life has been at. So mm. I guess it's just been trying to sort of work out how to dovetail being a musician into the realities of life as a parent. Um, so I feel really blessed to have been able to yeah, just go down and play at my kids' kindy and mm. um, play at the local carnival and play at some kids' festivals and, um, you know, just kind of combine my worlds as much as possible and not try and make them one or the other. Yeah. Um, so a Little Wild Music has been really opening and freeing for me as a project because um, it's been a way to just respond to all sorts of influences that keep coming across my door um, and have the freedom to just go, this doesn't have to be any particular genre. This can be Mm. anything you want it to be. And that's the beautiful thing about writing kids music is, um, you know, the the scope is huge. Mm. And and what do you want to write about? Like, what what are your kids interested in? And, you know, that is like, how long is a piece of string? Mm. (laughs) Where do you start and where do you stop, right? Yeah. And Um, I think think the scope is huge, but also just the joy is huge. You know, it's just yeah. a it's just a genre that really generally is shrouded in just goodness and joy. You know, and I think I think there's a lot uh, to be said about that. You know, that I that I think yeah. we we potentially as performers to children don't. I think we know it's there, but we don't openly speak about it much. That it is just, you know, the world is a really particularly crazy place at the moment you know and mm, and and, and being in the world of children is is incredibly joyful and calming in in a really chaotic space um yeah, that's true i mean i i was going to say um the interesting thing is though um you'll p- probably be pleased to know that i actually haven't 
close the door on Substacks and we um, after Excellent. some sort of early <laughs> days uh, trying to take my baby to, to the recording studio, he used to come along uh, up until he started pulling on wires and sort of like knocking, so pulling down true. speaker yeah, stands, in which yeah. case he had to stay home with Dad. Um, but we actually did and have kept a recording intermittently, constantly Great. through the years. Great. We have this crazy, massive catalogue of songs that, right. um, you know, we just keep kind of building up. And um, one of both both of the producers in Substacks have both had kids too now. Um, so they totally empathize with this, this world. And, um, and we, um, I actually roped them in and had this fantastic, glorious live set a couple of years ago for Auckland Kitty Limits when I needed a backing band. And I was like, well, I've actually got a band. And so we pulled the band together and played all these loopy, fruity songs, um, a whole bunch that haven't been recorded yet, actually, and they were really fun. Yeah, um, great, great. So I, I do have this kind of dream you know, of, of combining my worlds in a really massive way and getting them on board to do like a, a little wild music clash subtext album. So, yeah. you know, one day maybe, if I can, if I can convince them. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think, I think, how old are their kids? I don't think you'll have to convince. It won't be very hard. No, totally. I think, I think one, one of them is, Got a ten-year-old and one has like a one-year-old. Oh yeah, no, nah, you'll you'll be fine. I right, just bring it up now. Yeah. They'll, they'll all be well into it. And I think that's that's it. that's going to be an easy sell. Um, Claudia, um, I really, it's a really beautiful album. It's really beautiful music, and I do thank you today for I thank you for chatting with me today. Um, and. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say apart from that. That was just oh, really, I really I really appreciate it. It's just really great music and I think um you know, you just mentioned dreaming then and that kind of sums it up for me. I think we often look at the term dreaming as as being aloof, but I think your album shows that dreaming means being really brave, walking towards unknown and wanting to know things. Yeah. And I think it's really special. And thank you very much for taking the time to speak uh, with me and taking the time to record it. Oh, I so appreciate it, Benny. I, I love that you say that about dreaming because, you know what, I think you could define a, a different type of dreaming and that's not dreaming like sleeping dreaming mm. but and not daydreaming but like active dreaming, mm. which is that you're like walking forwards yeah. into like a future that you're that you've imagined but you're doing things to make it happen maybe yeah. I don't know no. I, I'm probably like waffling here <laughs> no perfect sounds great and um, and a perfect place to end thank you so much again Claudia for your time today um, yeah great um, awesome cut <laughs> so yeah cut finish if you'd like to know more about Claudia and her work then head along to her website at www littlewildmusic.com and of course for more Benny Time goodness head along to www.bennytime.com thanks for listening to me Benny ask Claudia questions Claudia